it's important to talk to someone who actually knows more than you do about relationships. Um, otherwise, you're you're kind of doomed to fail. Uh, and I, I'm not a, a, a master or a wizard at this subject, but I know it's incredibly important to communicate properly. Uh, and, you know, guys tend to be more um, less communicative. Women tend to be more communicative. Those are generalizations. Um, but that's that's what women want. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mental Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Lobos. Today, we've got Doc, Dr. Judson Brandeis back on the show. If you remember last time, Dr. Brandeis wrote a book called The 21st Century Man, and he was a plethora of information and knowledge about men's health and vitality and and sex and sexual health, and, and we barely scratched the surface last time. So I asked him to come back on, which he graciously agreed to, to talk about sex. That's right. Today, we are going to be talking about sex. Now, we're not talking about sex in terms of, of positions and and like the, the deep level stuff. We're actually talking about the other side of sex that has to do with the medical side, vascular stuff, food and health stuff, artery stuff, blood pressure and exercise and, and calorie intake. And the other things we're going to talk about are communication with your partner. We're going to talk about intimacy and kids and in the level of time on your relationship. Um, we're going to talk about erectile dysfunction. We're going to talk about premature ejaculation, penile elongation. Yeah, I didn't never heard of that either. And that's something that Dr. Brandeis is doing in his practice and, and uh, spearheading that. Talking about sex and exercise and that uh, combination. We're going to be talking about testosterone and estrogen. We talked about that a little last time as well. And then we're going to be talking about uh, the different types of therapy for ED or premature ejaculation. And he goes into detail on everything. I mean, he's an award-winning MD. And the guy's the top of his class. He's the top of his game. So you're going to get you're going to get it straight straight from the expert's mouth. That's the coolest part. So let me tell you about Dr. Brandeis. If you didn't listen to the last episode, so Dr. Judson Brandeis is an award-winning urologist and sexual medicine expert. He's a clinical researcher. He's a physician educator, and he's a caring clinician and surgeon. He's a graduate of Brown University. Vanderbilt University School of Medicine with urologic surgery residency at UCLA and a postdoc fellowship at Harvard. Today, he specializes in the emerging field of sexual health and medicine. I mean, you need a more of an expert. Do you, do you hear that freaking resume? My God. So he wrote a book called The 21st Century Man. It is 900 pages of literally every topic that the 21st century man could need to be the best version of himself, for himself, for the world, for his family, for his business, for everything. Got to take care of you, right? Put your oxygen mask on first before you help others. If you're not taking care of you, you're failing at it. You're failing at it. If you're just going out and providing for your family, you're not full and well-rounded. And something's going to be sacrificed. Something's going to fall short. And you're going to lose out or you're going to be missing something. And you're going to have results that uh, that are according. So that's really it for right now. We're going to get right into this episode because it's a long one. Remember, the Men on Purpose community, if you have not joined, get your butt in there now. Join. It's free. There's free coaching. There's free exercises. 
Twice a week, we've got free coaching. Mondays and Thursdays, you've got free exercises. You've got a ton of people that are a, a, a just looking for like masterclass. These people are an ecosystem of people who want to be on purpose, more on purpose with their lives. You need to be in it. You love it. Like I'm telling you, you need to be in it. This is your other free resource, the podcast, which I'm so grateful to, to so many of you reach out to me every week. And it's, and it's, um, it's not surprising how many people listen. I just know what it was like in the beginning and it's really awesome to see its growth and the way that it's positively and purposefully affecting the world. And that, that means a lot to me and it's very fulfilling. And so we've got the mastermind. If you're ready to jump in and get your shit together and have a framework that guides you from who you are to who you want to be and takes you from where you are to where you want to be both in relationships and money and success in business and fatherhood and everything else in between, let's go. Masterminds start every three weeks, and we're very happy to have you there. So without further ado, let's get this episode started. This is Dr. Brandeis. Hope you enjoy. It's all about sex. All right, Dr. Brandeis, it's time for us to talk again about men's health and and vitality and really what we're talking about today is all around sex because i think most men want better longer more satisfying right deeper level sex in their lives in some capacity yeah well you know if you um if you listen to the famous philosopher tony montano in yeah Scarface, i was gonna say isn't that <laughs> yeah. He, yeah yeah he really uh he really D- distilled it down to essentials. He said, first you get the money, yeah. then you get the yeah. power, and then you get the okay. women. But if by the time you get the women, you're impotent because you haven't been taking care <laughs> yeah. of yourself, what what good is it all? I completely agree. Well, let's, I mean, th- so start there. There are guys listening to this, and I'm running this live on our on our group. Um, there's guys listening to this, and they're overweight, they're out of shape, and their sex life has been just shit for years, and they haven't done anything about it. And so, with that, you know, let's just dive right in. I want to also get your opinion on um, cheating and infidelity. You know, let's say your wife steps out, and then the guy's crushed. And I was reading some. I was reading some like uh, ads from these whack job guys who were like, throw your wife out. If she, if, if she cheated on you, throw her out. She's a bum. She's this. I'm like, whoa, what about the result of something? And I want to get your opinion on that. If the guy is working, his, working way too many hours, doesn't take care of himself, really can't get it up, can't perform in the bed, like, what do you think, what's going to happen? What, what, what do you think? Is your wife's going to stick around? Well, I mean, why are you not taking well, care of Well, that's the first question. So the, result, the wife cheating is probably the result of what's lacking in your relationship. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and it's, and it, it comes, you know, guys are taught to like, take care of your wife, take care of your kids, take care of your business, take care of your community. Um, and we're not really taught to take care of ourselves. We're taught to kind of shake sure. it off. Don't worry about it. Tough it out. I mean, how many times have you heard that before? Uh, but at the end of the day, being strong actually means taking care of yourself, True. right? And, and it's 40% of men in this country are, are obese. 
and 15% smoke and 50% of men have high blood pressure and 12% of men don't have health insurance and men are living less long than they did 15 years yeah. ago and men are half as likely to go to the doctor as as yeah. women are so why, I mean, why is that we're not taking care of ourselves why are men less likely to why? go to the doctor I, I you know i think it's because we're pretty healthy in our 20s and, and yeah. 30s and and even into the 40s and women deliver babies yeah and so women at least know one doctor if they have a problem uh, and they're much more likely to take the kids to the pediatrician than the guys do and so they actually know where the health insurance card is i mean i have patients that are phd rocket scientists nuclear physicists at the lawrence livermore lab which is like 30 miles 20 miles from my office and they don't know whether they have an HMO or a PPO. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I no, seriously. You. I mean, like it's it's like a basic. There's like a massive difference between an HMO and sure. a PPO. Uh, and there's an amazing chapter in the book for those of you who are like, I don't know what a HMO versus a PPO is, right? There's an amazing chapter in the book written by a healthcare executive on demystifying health insurance and explaining it to you because. In order to get to the doctor, you actually have to know how to use your health insurance card and know right. where it is. Yeah. And then there's an amazing chapter that I wrote on how to make the most of your time with the doctor, right? When you go to the doctor, you get 16 minutes and 14 seconds on average. There's a massive study on 100 million charts done by Cerner. It says you got 16 minutes and 14 seconds. And so if you walk into the doctor's office and start talking about the weather and the stock market and your pet right. cat – you're wasting time. You've just waste, wasted half yeah. the visit. You got to go in there with a focus. You have to go in there with a, a, a summary of your medical problems, a list of your medications, a list of your labs, a list of your imaging studies, a description of why you're actually there, and then a list of questions and hand it over to the doctor and start the visit like that. You, I mean, you got to, it's like when I go to my attorney, right? The attorneys in Northern California are expensive, right? My attorney's 750 bucks yeah, an hour. Good attorney. So when I talk to him, I see like every minute is going to cost me $12. Yeah. Right? That's like a full lunch right. for me. <laughs> right? Like every minute's lunch. And so I'm totally focused on getting the most out of my time with my attorney. I'm not talking about, you know, football. Right. And you have to go to the doctor with that same intensity and you have to take care of yourself with that same intensity because I see guys in their late 20s and their 30s and they're 40 or 50 or 60 pounds overweight. Their testosterone is crap. Their estrogen's high. And you know, it just gets harder. As you get older, it becomes more and more difficult to exercise, to lose weight, to take care of yourself and to maintain your sexual function. Yeah. It just does. So, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, maybe today is today the is day the that you need to decide to take better care of yourself. I mean, and a great way to start doing that is to read the 21st Century Man. Yeah. And you don't have to read the whole thing. I mean, it's 900 pages. No one reads 900 right. pages right. these days. Right. But read the introduction. Read the first chapter, which is called The Hero's Journey. It's about how to see yourself as the hero of your own journey, 
right, that you are actually the most important person in your own life. And then pick and choose the chapters that, that you want to read. You know, you may be too young for the prostate chapter, but that may be important to you five or ten years down the road. But you may be just right for uh, hair replacement. Or you may be just right for, um, you know, sexual healing. You know, the sexual medicine chapters. Yeah. So what's interesting is... I, I told you last time, like, I know a lot of overweight guys, a lot of overweight guys in their 30s, in their 20s and 30s. And it's a slippery slope downhill, right? Because you're losing T all the time, which means less, less muscle growth, less motivation, less energy. And right, let's talk about T for a second. For, for Well, uh, bef- can, we, can we back up for yeah, a second? Sure. Because I want to explain to you why people are fat. Yeah. Right. So, in nature, have you ever seen the TV show Naked and Afraid? Yeah. 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 Okay. Are there fat people on Naked and Afraid? Not that I know of. Not at the end. I'm not watching it regardless, and I'm certainly not watching yeah. it. It's a bunch of fat people. I mean, Naked and Afraid, you, you take a young, hot guy and a young, hot girl okay. that are survival experts. You throw them into the jungle right. with a machete and a fire starter. Right. And you see what happens in 21 days. A long time, and everyone in the show loses like 20 pounds, 25 pounds, right? Because you and I, we eat three meals a day, right? In that show, they may eat three meals in the entire season, (laughs) right? Right, because food is hard to get, you got to track down an animal and kill an animal, or you have to wait till fruit gets you know ripened, or you have to climb up a tree. Right. So you have to burn a lot of calories to get food. Whereas humans, right, we've stepped out of evolution. You know, you can get on your smartphone and in two clicks, you can have a 2000 calorie burrito show up next door. Yeah, that's fair. Right. And because of that, it's easy to put on fat, but your body has evolved as an animal. And you see calories as like gold. Yeah. You know, for an animal, fat is just like, you know, hitting the lottery. Yeah. And so your body holds on to it. Like, have you ever been to Alaska? No, not yet. No. Alaska is a cool place, right? And if you go up to Alaska and you see the whales, you know what the whales do up there? Eat a ton? They eat. Yeah. 23 hours a day. Damn. For five months, the humpback whales eat. And then they go from Alaska, they swim to Hawaii, they have a baby in Hawaii, they feed the baby, and the baby and the mama swim back to Alaska in seven months. And they don't eat for seven months. They subsist entirely on fat or blubber. Right. Right. That's what fat is all about. Energy. And but, you know, in humans, you know, we don't slaughter our own food. We don't grow our own food. Yeah. You know, we go to Amazon Eats now and 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 have a big box delivered to our house. Right. Right. So, of course, we're getting fat. Sure. But but fat fat is I mean, they're the they're the majority of really fat people is insane. And I'm telling you right now, if you go to a theme park or the DMV. You will see the population, or Vegas, <laughs> or Vegas, 
you will see the cross section, cross cut of the population, and eighty percent of people are fat. It's crazy. Like I, I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago. It is insane how many people are just larger people. Well, I mean, the amazing thing is, think about it this way: What if I put a fifty-pound backpack on you and told you to wear that backpack around all day, yeah, every day? Yeah. What would be the uh, cumulative effect? Most you know, first of all, you'd be right exhausted. Now. You know, you'd be you'd be much more sedentary. Sure. Um, and guess what would happen to your knees? Maybe tough they'd be or they'd be uh wearing out yeah you'd you'd wear them out i mean heavy people have a much much higher rate of knee replacements than than thin people so let's talk about Uh let's 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 put this in the in the sexual component here so when you're really overweight there's a lot of stuff acting against you um one is tea and estrogen one is uh is just energy in 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 general and then let's talk about the the mental and emotional effects of look let's let's cut to the chase. There are guys out there who haven't seen their dick from the top down in a long time because their guts hanging over so far. How does that wear on the mindset of having sex? Or are you just like triple layer just shit against you? Yeah, I mean the, so the things that are acting against you uh and i don't want to make this whole thing about sort of fatness and obesity but but it's important first of all if you're sedentary your testosterone levels are naturally going to decline and just think about it this way if you are a hunter and you need to go out and kill animals to eat them right you're gonna need a lot of testosterone because that's a really really tough thing to do if you're a farmer and you're going to be planting seeds and harvesting them, you don't need nearly as much testosterone, right? right? And so the hunters had higher levels of testosterone than farmers. Now, if you're overweight and sedentary, can you imagine what your testosterone levels are going to be beyond that? Because the thing is, your body is really smart and it's only going to produce what you need. Yeah. Why would your body go through the trouble and the energy of producing more testosterone if you don't need more testosterone. So being overweight and sedentary, you're automatically at a lower level of testosterone. And then on top of that, even though we think men are from Mars and women are from Venus, the difference, if you look at the testosterone and estrogen molecule between the two is one hydrogen. Hydrogen is the smallest unit of matter, right? So it's very easy for your body to change testosterone into estrogen, and fat is notorious for aromatizing testosterone into estrogen. So not only do you have lower testosterone, but now all of a sudden you have a lot of estrogen. So you have man boobs. Interesting. And you have less muscle. Yeah. And you're more emotional. And you buy Bette Midler albums. <laughs> And you go to Barbara Streisand film revivals. Is that really? I mean, is this is this is this backed by science? <laughs> well, I, I don't know about the Bette Midler part, yeah. but but the rest of it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, the rest of it is you know is solid science. Along that line, what about food 
in relation to sex, I mean, is there are there foods to avoid that are, are putting a damper on your sex drive or your T levels? Well, you know, anything that's going to clog your arteries, right? So erectile function is a function of circulation. And the penis and the toes are the two furthest organs from your heart. Really? Absolutely. I guess that's right. Right. Because the there are branches off, like, so your heart pumps, the blood goes through the aorta. Yeah. Right? So your arms and your brain get the first blood along with your heart and your lungs, and then the liver, and then the kidneys, then the intestines, and then your aorta splits into the right and left common iliac, and then the common iliac splits into the internal and external iliac. The external iliac goes down to your leg, and at the end of your leg circulation is the toe, and then the internal iliac has a number of branches, you know, the intestine and the rectum and the prostate and the bladder, and the very last branch of that is what's called the internal pudendal artery, which turns into the cavernosal artery, which goes into the penis. Got it. Right. So the end of the line is the toe and the penis. But the thing is, right, when the circulation decreases to the toes, your feet get cold and you put on socks. Right. And everything's cool. But when the circulation drops to the penis, it stops working. Yeah. Because you have to achieve a certain threshold of blood pressure in order to get an erection. And the reason for that is because the artery pumps blood into the penis and the veins are on the periphery of the penis returning the circulation and they get compressed. So veins have thin walls, arteries have thick muscular walls. And so the veins get compressed and it traps the blood in the penis. And when the blood gets trapped in the penis, then you get a rigid erection. And guess what? Your penis goes up. Yeah. Right. But if you don't achieve that threshold of blood pressure, it's like if you're on a burning building and the next building is six feet away. If you jump six feet, it's a good day. If you jump five feet, it's a long way down. Right. Yeah. So say the blood pressure that you have to achieve in the penis is 100. If you get to 95, it's going to be a long, frustrating night. Yeah. That's weird. It's weird to think about that. 95% is not a fully erect, uh, full erection. It's like a whiskey night where you're like, come on, please. Yeah. 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 You get a full penis, but you don't get a rigid erection. Right. 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 You're not able to achieve penetration. Right. So two, two ways I want to go here. One is just talk about the food effects on the blood pressure and, and in the erection. I want you to start. I want you to talk about erectile dysfunction in there, and um, uh, well, there was another question, I, and I just I just blanked on it. But just talk about the food and sure. erectile dysfunction, and yeah. So a f- food kind of goes a, a number of. There's a number of different ways we can go. So first of all, uh, it's important to have a healthy diet with uh, low cholesterol and low saturated or unsaturated fats. Uh, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't don't claim to be, but the book has amazing chapters on nutrition. Uh, But what I recommend to my patients is high protein, low carb diet with uh, high fiber and macronutrients like vitamins and minerals and healthy fats 
if you're going to take in fat for the residual cal uh, calories, right? And, you know, you should be getting your cholesterol checked every year after the age of 40, especially if you have a history of heart disease, right? Because that's, that's going to clog your arteries and the arteries to the penis are one to two millimeters. Yeah. So it's really actually interesting. Let me diverge for a second. So when you're 20, right, did you get erections every morning when you woke up? Of course. Yeah. But sometime in your 30s or 40s or 50s, you don't get erections anymore when you wake up. Yeah. Okay, and how come? The reason is that you're beginning to clog your blood vessels. The delivery of blood to the penis isn't as effective as it used to be. It also has a little bit to do with testosterone, but mostly with blood delivery. That's the first sign that things aren't working so well. I remember last and time if you, you said, if you're waking up with morning erections, your your circulation is, is good. And I somebody called me and said, I was really excited to hear about your erections on the podcast today. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I really, I, and dude, I'm gonna tell you right now, every morning I will still wake up with an erection and I'm like, heart's good today. I don't, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but when those erections and, you know, doing what we, what we do, you have to be willing to kind of divulge a little bit about about, you know, what you do and who you are. And on my YouTube channel, uh, you can see me getting almost every procedure that I do in the office. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, that's fine. If I, if I do it to my patients, I better know what it feels like and I better be convinced that it works. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not going down that road. I, I have a lot of questions for you. I will do that on the next one. <laughs> so so um, I want to give people something to take away here. So, so for the, I mean, there's a lot of people watching live right now. For those guys who are like, shit, I'm not getting, I'm, 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 after, I'm, I'm over 40 and I'm not getting erections every morning and I haven't for a very long time and maybe they're saying man my erections you know that I do get aren't as 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 solid as they used to be where uh -huh. do they start yeah so the 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 easiest kind of uh biohack for that is I actually make a supplement called affirm by affirmscience.com and what that is uh, you want two foods that can really boost your circulation one is watermelon Watermelon contains uh, a non-essential amino acid called L-citrulline. And when you take in L-citrulline, your kidney turns it into L-arginine. L-arginine in the endothelium, right, which is the inner lining of blood vessels, grabs an oxygen, breaks an oxygen on half, slaps on a nitrogen, and creates nitric oxide. And nitric oxide helps you right. dilate or open up blood vessels. Now, the there's two pathways that you get nitric oxide. One is through citrulline. The other is through nitrates. So that's why everyone's eating beets, Oh, right? Beets have nitrates, which are N3O. And then in your mouth or your stomach, it gets converted to N2O. And then in the stomach, it gets converted to nitric oxide. And in the blood vessels, they use that nitric oxide to open up blood vessels. So a firm has both beets and citrulline or watermelon and beets. But, you know, to get the, the dose that you would get from a firm, you'd have to eat four pounds of fresh watermelon. And I like watermelon, but not that much. And is that the rind? I've heard the rind has some amazing but, things. Yeah, I think the rind is actually a little higher, but, you know, I don't really like eating the rind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking, <laughs> to be perfect. I'm not talking bite it, I'm talking juice it. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, okay. All right. That's cool. I, I mean, that's super simple. Obviously, if you're overweight, um, you and then, lose weight, right? And obviously, yeah. I mean, you have to lose weight. You have to 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 eat better quality foods. You have to exercise. But you know, there again, everyone says, "Well, exercise." But what does that actually mean, right? What are the actual recommendations? So the American Heart Association, which is you know a pretty good association, better than taking some random person's advice, says four days of cardio, 40 minutes. And when you do cardio, you should take 220, subtract your age, and multiply that by 0.75, and that should be your target heart rate. So if you have one of those Apple Watches or Fitbits or whatever, you can target your heart rate to know that you're um, adequately exercising. Got it. Right. So I got a lot of patients that say, oh, you know, I go for a walk with my wife. And so that, you know, I have, a, I have what we call the sweat test. Yeah. Are you sweating? No. Then it doesn't count as exercise. If you're exercising and your heart rates at 220 minus your age times 0.75 and you're sweating, then you're probably burning about 500 calories an hour. Okay. Which is good. That's really good. So, yeah. And so. What I explain to a lot of my patients, uh, and I have a sophisticated body composition analysis scale in my office, um, but most people don't have $7,000 to spend on a scale, um, but there are ways to either compute it or to find an office that has one of these scales. You need to know what your BMR is. Your BMR is your basal metabolic rate. And the way that I explain that is if you want to save money, you have to know two things. You have to know how much money you're spending and how much money you're making, right? Pretty simple. So if you want to lose weight, you have to know how many calories you're burning, and that's your basal metabolic rate, and then how many calories you're taking in. And I encourage all of my patients that are trying to lose weight, you have to count calories. Yeah. If you're not counting calories, don't even tell me that you're losing weight because it's, it's not going to work. Uh, and then you have to understand that if you're working out hard, you're going to burn 500 calories an hour. So you can take your BMR and then if you want to lose one pound of fat a week, which is really the only healthy way to lose weight, every, every reputable dietitian, nutritionist, personal trainer will tell you, the way to lose weight is one pound of fat per week, which is infuriatingly difficult. Really? But it's the only way, it's the only healthy way to do it. So 3,500 calories equals one pound of human fat. Hmm. Okay, so seven days a week. Seven, so 500 calories down, 500 days a week. So if you're exercising an hour a day, then you can eat your basal metabolic rate in calories and you lose a pound of fat a week wow. okay. and then you'll have better testosterone and then you'll have better blood flow to the penis yeah. and you'll have better sex how about alcohol in 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 uh in conjunction with sex i mean does it let's talk about it as a detractor i think most men yeah most men so let, let me give you my my two cents on alcohol yeah. okay yeah. i stopped drinking 10 years ago because uh, my kids were heading towards teenage years. But, you know, I back in the day, I drank my 
not more than my fair share, but I, I, I drank yeah. a reasonable amount of alcohol. So I'm not telling people, if you're drinking alcohol, you're a bad person. I'm not here to shame you. I'm not here to judge you. But I'm, as a physician, I'm here to tell you there are three things that alcohol does. Okay, Alcohol is a depressant. So it's in the class of drugs that depress your mood. Second of all, alcohol disinhibits you. Right? So most of the stupid things that are done in this society are done under the influence of alcohol. I mean, let's be real. Sure. Domestic abuse, car crashes, stupid decisions, stupid financial decisions, you know, unwanted pregnancies. So many of them are made under the influence of alcohol. And then third of all, alcohol is an empty calorie. And what I mean by that is you can take a bottle of vodka and light it on fire, right? It burns. Yeah. It's a lot of energy, but there's no nutritional content. So if you're trying to lose weight and you're basically just imbibing calories with no nutritional benefit, it's impossible to lose weight. And, you know, back in college at the end of the night, you know, we'd go to Taco Maker say, and, and put down three or four, you know, we'd meet your maker, yeah. put down three or four tacos. So not only you're getting the, the alcohol calories, but then you're getting the, the Mexican food calories. Right, right. That's interesting. All right. Um, I want to move into, I got a lot of stuff to talk, a lot of, a lot of questions that people have asked me to ask you. So what, I want your opinion on communication with your partner and how that opens up sex and intimacy in a relationship. Because I've found that a, a lot of our clients will say, and I'll ask them, like, how well do you communicate with your partner? How often are you communicating openly? And they'll say, not really. I mean, we see each other like for 20 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes at night, and we might catch each other on the weekends if I don't have to go to the office. And I'm like, great. So in a given week, an hour's worth of communication is happening and it's really about the kids and money and the house and that's broken and go fix that and you didn't do that so maybe five minutes is meaningful well no wonder she doesn't feel like she wants to be close to you what's your what are your thoughts on communication and sex yeah you know that that is so important yeah. and there are some amazing chapters in the book written by therapists and psychologists uh, there's an amazing chapter on listening there's an amazing chapter on different types of therapies. Uh, and, you know, it's therapy is like it has this sort of stigma to it, like yeah. like you failed, like you have to go into therapy. I mean, let's be honest. Who knows this stuff, especially as a guy? You know, I mean, let's be real. So it's important to talk to someone who actually knows more than you do about relationships. Agreed. Um, otherwise you're, you're kind of doomed to fail. Um, and, uh, I'm not a, a, a master or a wizard at this subject, but I know it's incredibly important to communicate properly. Uh, and, you know, guys tend to be more, um, less communicative. Women tend yeah. to be more communicative. Those are generalizations. Um, but that's, that's properly. what when you say women want properly is that, sharing your feelings is that what is that is that obviously talking you know okay do you ever see that movie white man can't jump yeah yeah right yep. remember that scene woody harrelson and rosie perez are in bed yeah 
And she's like, I'm thirsty. And he goes up and gets her a glass of water. And she gets mad at him. She's like, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? You said you were thirsty. I got you a glass of water. And she's like, no, I wanted to talk about my thirst. I wanted you to experience my thirst with me. <laughs> I wanted you to know what it's like to be thirsty. Right? I, like our our first impulse as guys is like, all right, someone's thirsty. Let's go get you some water. Let's fix the problem. Yeah. And uh, and and women sometimes are wired differently. They don't really just want you to fix the problem. They want you to experience the problem with them. They want to talk about the problem. They want to like, you know, what? let's talk about the different kinds of water. You know, there's sparkling water, there's flat water, there's tap water, there's Evian water. And, you know, what kind of water is going to make me feel, parch my thirst better? Sure. And so, you know, it's... It, sometimes it does feel like men are from Mars and, and women are from Venus. That's not really that hard to understand, to ask questions. I mean, most of the mo like most of us who are in some kind of sales or like product, uh, you know, role, our job is to ask questions to understand. It's a seek to understand type of thing. You couldn't, you couldn't have if I came into your office and you looked me up and down and went, "All right, I'll tell you what's wrong with you," like. If you didn't seek to understand, maybe you wouldn't be doing your job at the most effective level, which is the same thing in a relationship, right? Yeah, yeah but I mean, like I'm a surgeon, yeah. right? So if I'm in the middle of surgery and all of a sudden there's bleeding, True. Not, I'm going to be yeah. like, hand me the clamp, hand me the suture, hand me this, right, hand right. me that. I'm not going to be like, you know, I want to experience bleeding. <laughs> I, I want to see what it feels like to you know, I know. Or, you know, if you're a fireman, you know, it's like, give me the hose and turn it on yeah. high. It's yeah. not like, I want to feel the heat of the fire. But we're talking emergency I want to feel situation. what singeing is like. I'm talking like regular, just an everyday situation. Like, I'm going to come up and see you in the next, in the next like month or two, whenever I can get an appointment. And you're going to ask me a bunch of questions about me and my health and my history. And I'm going to, and, because I only have 16 minutes and 47 seconds with you, I'm going to make sure that I am ready to roll. And I'm going yeah. to ask you a ton of questions too, which is going to help me help you help me. Absolutely. Well, the thing is I stopped taking insurance three years ago yeah. because I, I couldn't be on that treadmill anymore and, and be the kind of doctor that I wanted to be. And so I just, I just, checked out from that. Yeah. And, you know, now it's up to me to provide value to my patients. Sure. At the end of the day, my patients have to say, you know, wow, I got a lot of value from the time that I spent from Dr. Brandeis so that justified the amount of money that I paid him instead of, you know, a $20 copay. Right. And to me, that's kind of fun. Now I challenge myself really to provide world-class care to my patients so that they're really feeling like I way beyond exceeded sure. the expectations that they had walking in. Yeah, love that. How about intimacy with two factors, kids and time in the marriage? Like intimacy trails off for so many people. I'm talking like intimate, you know, like deep level stuff, not sex. Right. And like I know what my wife says to me, she's going to kill me for talking about this. But she's like, I just want you to kiss me more. I want you to be like, I want you to explore my body more. I want you to like be more intimate. And I'm like, sure, no problem. Like I can do that. That's 
that's in our part of our communication. And how do you get back into that when you've had so much time where you just let shit come in between kids, the marriage, the job, the this, the that thing, this thing over here, soccer practice over there. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the day, who has time to be intimate? Especially when you've been married for 20 years or 10 years or whatever it might be. How does somebody get that back? Yeah. So, you know, I don't, there's no easy answers to those questions. And I don't, I don't have like a magic pill that I can, I can give anyone. But there's an amazing chapter written by Robert Bonfiglio, who's the president of the California Psychological Association on work-life balance. Uh, and it, that's such an important chapter to me that I actually wrote uh, like a sidebar to it, a two-page sidebar, which I really, t- it, I call it the work-life pendulum. Yeah, because to me, work-life balance, I mean, give me a break. Who, I don't know anyone who's like, my work and my life are perfectly balanced yeah. all the time, right? To me, it just swings, like I'm working too much, and then it swings back the other way. I'm not making enough money, but my kids like me, and my wife thinks I'm okay. And then it swings back, and I'm like working too much again. So to me, it's a pendulum, and as long as you keep the pendulum from like, swinging too far one way in which case you get divorced or swinging too far the other way and you get you know foreclosed on sure. um then that's the best we can do i mean let's be honest you just you try as hard as you can and you hope that it works out sure. let me ask you something what about um i talked to somebody probably a couple of weeks ago uh about intimacy not on the podcast just a, just we were just talking about we were getting deep into some stuff and i was like and he said, um, how's your sex life? And I said, my sex life's pretty good for two kids and, and a 10-year marriage. Like, I think it's pretty good. It still, it still has an intensity that I like. And, um, and of course, shit's changed. And I said to him, you know what I really – my wife's going to fucking kill me. What I really enjoy is, is taking some cannabis gummies and getting out of our heads and, and just being with each other. And, I, and he was like, dude, my wife and I do the same thing. We, we do um, MDMA, cannabis, uh, may deal with some alcohol, but alcohol is just a different effect. What are your thoughts on that to, to boost um, intimacy through uh, stepping out of your own way, stepping out of your own head? Yeah, to be perfectly honest, uh, I have absolutely no experience with that. But I, I do agree with you that uh, there's a really good chapter on mindfulness yeah. uh, written by Dean Pullman, who also wrote the chapter on yoga. He does man flow yoga. And, you know, really anything that you can do to eliminate all the noise yeah. in all of our lives, whether it's like political crap or work stuff or kids stuff and, and just kind of carve out time with your your partner um, and it's it's getting harder and harder and harder. You know, our phones are constantly beeping and intruding. And then people are looking at social media, looking at other people's pictures, thinking that their lives are so great. I mean, I think that's one of the the, the really valuable things in the book that I try to tried to infuse in there is that like everyone has problems. Sure. Everyone's dealing with some some sort of crap. You know, there's a hundred and one chapters in the book. And each chapter is like a problem that somebody's having, 
whether it's heart issue or obesity or hand problems or feet problems or, um, you know, relationship issues or kids issues. There's an amazing chapter on fatherhood by Armand Brat, who's sold two million books on fatherhood. There's an amazing chapter on divorce uh, written by a, a divorce attorney, Jonathan LaRose. So, you know, and then even at the end of the book, there's chapters on gratitude and inspiration and legacy. So, you know, at the end of all of it all, if you've managed to sort of dodge all the bullets of life, have you actually accomplished anything of worth that you can pass on to the next generation? I love the way you put that, man. We, we talk about that all the time in our coaching practice and mental purpose community. It's not about what you leave behind necessarily. It's about who you are as well on that journey, building that legacy, not just leaving a legacy. I, I, I'm very excited to get this book. I'm very excited. I'm going to shoot you an email after that. I, I do want, yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. I want the, the full. Um, so there's, uh, I, you know, I've never experienced ED or premature ejaculation. And I want your opinion on that because there are a lot of guys that have. And a guy who's 35 years old, should he have issues with ED? Or a guy that's in his 20s, should he have an issue with that? Because I know guys that are yeah. popping Viagras and they're like 28, 30 years old. Yeah, so let me let me do premature ejaculation first and then we can go into erectile dysfunction. Yeah. So, you know, the interesting thing about premature ejaculation is it's, to me, it's like a natural, it's the natural state, right? So, like, if you think of squirrels or or, or rabbits, right, they're having sex. But when they're having sex, they stop moving and they stop being as aware of their surroundings as they are normally. So they're a really good target for some hawk or some, uh, you know, wolf that's cruising around looking for dinner. So uh, a rabbit's not going to be having sex for 30 minutes and then smoking a cigarette afterwards. They do their business and then they look around and make sure that they're protected. Yeah. Right. So the premature ejaculation in nature is sort of like what you do. Just but humans are different, right? Humans have to teach themselves to prolong sex for the purposes of enjoyment. Yeah. Um, and the other issue is that women on average take 17 minutes to climax, whereas men take five minutes to climax. Yeah. So it's it's pretty hard to close that gap for men. Sure. Um, and so there are a couple of tricks that I recommend to um, men. First of all, use a really, really good lubricant, right? So there's something called Uber Lube, yeah. which is a silicone-based lubricant. Um, and that reduces the friction, which, you know, the friction feels good. Um, but too much friction sometimes makes it feel too good and then it's difficult to hold back. The second thing is uh, a delay spray. So you can use something like promescent five or 10 minutes before intercourse uh, and that numbs the nerves that you experience sensation with. And there's nothing that's going to like turn you from like lasting one minute into a porn star. Yeah. These things are like, you know, uh, gradations. You know, every every little bit helps. What's the second? And then the third thing that I recommend is a supplement. 
I'm sorry. What go was ahead. the second thing you said? Delay something? Oh, a delay spray. Okay. So it's like a topical lidocaine, right? right? So the same stuff you get at the dentist, but it's like a cream or a Is spray. Is that over the counter? Do you have a recommendation? Yeah, over the counter. Over the counter. What What do you recommend? And it's uh, the the one that I like is called Promescent. Pr okay. Uh, and that's because it sticks to the tissue a little bit better. It doesn't transfer to women. Does that Does that take the sensitivity down, which then takes the erection down? It takes the sensitivity down. But if you're 20 or 25 years old, you probably aren't going to. Your issue is not getting an erection. Your issue is losing an erection because you ejaculate too quickly. Got it. Okay. And then what was the third thing? And then the third one is a supplement that we make at a firm science called Prelong. And what that is, you know, premature ejaculation is a really difficult condition to study. I, I think of things from a clinical research perspective. You know, there's no animal model for premature ejaculation. But when we started giving men or men and women selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, antidepressants yeah. like Prozac and Zoloft, what we found is it took a lot longer for them to ejaculate. And so ejaculation has a lot to do with serotonin, but a lot of people don't want to take uh, a pharmaceutical grade antidepressant. Right. So there's an herb, a botanical called St. John's wort, mm -hmm. which is a natural selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor and prelong has that an extract of St. John's wort that helps delay ejaculation. Got it. Because there, I mean, there's, there's like, we all want to have sex like we did in, when we were 18. You know, it was just, like, it was a, it was a nightly act. It was a night activity. It wasn't like a 30 minute activity. It was a uh, fun for the next five hours or three hours or something. That's always, that's always like, it's be cool to go back to that and to, to have to be able to go back to that and have appreciated it at that time would be invaluable or super valuable. Yeah, we have a big sign in the office. Youth is wasted on the young. Youth is wasted on the young. It, it actually is. Yeah. People should read. I think instead of instead of, you know, high school teaching, you know, random subjects and bullshit that people don't need, the kids don't need at all. They should be, they should have your book, 900 pages, like go through this. These are guys that have been there, done that, right? I'm sure you, you could, I could teach courses. They could teach, like to really learn from people that have been through it and done it. I, I don't know if, I don't know if that would do anything as far as appreciation. You'd probably turn a couple <laughs> kids, You'd probably turn a couple kids nervous yeah. of like, oh my God, I could lose this one day. Yeah, like by the time you're 35, if you're not taking care of yourself and you're fat and your and your blood vessels are shrinking and like your arteries are shrinking, this whole thing that's an accident, you're knocking over lamps right now, that's a thing of the past for you, buddy. In like 15 years, if that, that would be a, that would be a good sex ed class in addition to other things. Yeah, yeah, that would be an eye-opening yeah. class. Like, like, and not a scared straight like STDs and unwanted pregnancy, but a scared straight, like, this is what can happen if you don't take care of your body. If you like having sex now, if you, maybe it's not high school, maybe it's a college course. This is what can happen. And really paint this giant picture of illuminate everything so guys can make their own decisions. I think that's awesome. Yeah, but you know, for most folks, it doesn't, it doesn't catch up to, to your 40s or 50s or sometimes even 60s. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was 18, 20 years old, the idea of being 40 was like- Forever. Ancient. Forever. Yeah, I mean, this was like forever. So, yes, yes. I remember my parents' 40th birthday parties. 
you know, and I, I look back and I go, wow, that, oh my God, I thought that was so far away. Now it's next year. Like I, what am I going to do? I don't want to, oh my God, it's, it's all downhill. What's going on? And I, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm 54. So <laughs> I got, no. a, I got a couple extra tree rings. Right. All right. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about better sex. Obviously we just talked about ED or we talked about premature ejaculation get into the ED component because it's pretty much what you just explained, right? It's, it's vascular. It's not, or it's vascular and intake based and then movement based. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's, it's part physiology and part psychology. Um, And so the physiology is the physiology of blood flow and of nerve conduction to blood vessels to open up the blood vessels. So that's the nitric oxide system. But the other part of it is the psychology part, right? And I don't like the word psychology because it it assumes like, well, somebody's crazy, right? You know, there's something wrong with you mentally. But really, it's it's the stress response. And what I explain to people is when porn stars are being chased by bears, they don't get erections. Fair, fair. Right? So... When you have adrenaline or chronic stress, when you have cortisol, it shunts blood away from non-essential organs, right? If you're running away from a bear, you have blood flow in your eyes, in your brain, in your heart, and in the big muscles of your body. And that's it, Yeah. right? You don't have blood flow going to the penis or the intestines or the kidney or the liver or any of that kind of stuff. And so... That sort of anxiety or chronic stress or depression or there's no different system for running away from a bear versus work stress versus my wife's pissed off at me. It's all the same hormones. And what it does is it brings blood away from the penis. Interesting. Okay. So that's the psychological part. Now, the physiologic part is the blood vessels and the nerves to the blood vessels. Right. So if you're a diabetic and you have neuropathy because diabetes affects nerves, then it's going to affect the signal that's going to open up the blood vessels. And if you're getting older, you don't produce as much nitric oxide, then you need to take a nitric oxide booster like a firm that boosts the signal to improve circulation. And then you can take that with a PDE5 inhibitor like Viagra or Cialis, which works in concert with a nitric oxide booster to maximize the signal. And then you also have to work on the blood vessels. And the blood vessels, you know, you have to eat better and exercise and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, you kind of are where you are. And so the reason that I got into this new field of urology, which I call regenerative urology, is because of things like shockwave therapy and platelet-rich plasma. And you can use acoustic waves or, or shock waves to stimulate the growth of new blood vessels. So that if you're a 55-year-old guy that is taking Viagra and Viagra gives you a headache or you don't want to have to deal with taking Viagra, you can do acoustic wave therapy to the guy's penis like once a week for six weeks in my office and someone will no longer be dependent on Viagra. You'll be wow. able to grow new blood vessels to the penis to restore blood flow. Say you're in your mid-60s and Viagra is not working so well for you anymore. 
you can treat that person and all of a sudden Viagra or Cialis is going to work well for you again. You may not get them to the point where they don't need it anymore, right. but you kind of move up a class. How does somebody – how do you how do you figure that out, that if you put this certain machine that sends – that does shockwaves onto the penis, how do you figure out that it will grow blood vessels? I mean obviously you're testing it. <laughs> yeah. How'd you like to be the first person in that experiment? Like, you know what? I, I did this on my finger, and my finger, uh, you know, from frostbite turned, uh, got blood flow again. Let me try it on my penis. Let's see how this works. Yeah. You know, so um, I was at a, a sexual medicine society meeting, and uh, there's a group in Israel that actually published the first paper in 2010 on this technology. And and they asked him, you know, how it happened. And all he basically said was, oh, it sort of happened by accident. Yeah. Um, but there, there is evidence from um, orthopedics and from wound healing yeah. that this technology improves uh, vascularity, that grows new blood vessels. Yeah. And so then I guess some, some brave soul in Israel decided that uh, they would try it on themselves. <laughs> All right, as we wrap up here, we've, we've given the audience a lot of stuff. As we wrap up here, um, how, how, how much knowledge do you have on oral sex and how deep do you want to go into that topic? On oral sex? Yeah, like cunnilingus. Like this, this guy. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, the, 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 book, the book has a great chapter written by Susan Bratton on how to make love to a woman. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if if that's the direction that you're really interested in, that is an truly an amazing chapter, and uh, and that would be some a better source to refer to than uh, than my knowledge on the on the subject. Well, you've given us a ton today. Let me just uh, oh, uh, reduce oh, pen, penile elongation. You mentioned that earlier, and I just I I'm guessing what that is. Is that like surgery is that yeah so this actually is really interesting and uh, i'm doing an absolutely amazing study so as someone uh in sexual medicine to be perfectly honest i could care less how long guys penises are but i see a lot of guys that do things to elongate their penis that they shouldn't have done like like so for example well, no, not a penis pump. Penis pumps are fine. Yeah. They they do um, fat transfers into the penis, oh, okay. or they do injection of fillers, right? Because those things don't last very long, and they're expensive, and they make the penis kind of lumpy or bumpy. Or they do surgery where you cut the suspensory ligament, or you put, there's something now called the E-list implant, where you put basically a silicone taco under the skin of the penis. And I've seen three or four guys in my practice who've had those taken out. And it's really, when you get them taken out, it's pretty catastrophic. And so I said, well, what can we do to help guys who want to have a bigger penis, have a bigger penis, but it doesn't involve surgery or an expensive filler that's going to get absorbed? And I was using a lot of PRP at the time. It's called platelet-rich plasma. So platelets in the body have two functions. One is to stop bleeding, but the other is to start the regenerative process because platelets are basically filled with growth factors. And so when a platelet arrives at a wound, it causes a clot, but it also spills out all these growth factors and restarts 
the healing process. And so PRP is used in multiple different medical fields. It's used in orthopedics. It's used in hair growth. It's used in gum surgery. Um, and a, a guy named Charles Runnels, I think, was the first to inject platelet-rich plasma into his penis. Uh, and he then trademarked the P-shot, the O-shot, the vampire facelift. Yeah. And so he and I were talking. We decided to start what's called the P-long study. And the P-long study is to use a very high-potency PRP. So I have a double-spin orthopedic-grade centrifuge. We draw 60 cc's, so very, very concentrated PRP that we inject into the penis. And then we use a penile traction device to increase the length of the penis and a penile suction device to increase the girth of the penis and then the Affirm supplement to boost nighttime erections and circulation. And what we've found in the study thus far is an improvement of almost an inch in penile length wow. and an improvement in penile girth by about a quarter to three-eighths of an inch and a subjective improvement of function. Wow. So it's really remarkable. There's never been a study that shows an improvement in both length and girth and function. And we're doing this in a way that's totally safe. Interesting. That's the amazing thing is that there's really no negative side effects of this. And so, and most of the guys that have finished the study already are continuing to come in for more P shots and continuing yeah. to stretch because, you know, who knows how long they're going to. Um, so if any of your listeners are interested in the study, it's a, it's a reduced cost, significantly reduced cost study. Um, but the window on enrollment is closing at the end of February because I need seven months and then I'm going to present it. There's a joint meeting of the International Society of Sexual Medicine and the Sexual Medicine Society of North America in late October, and I'm going to present the data there. Got it. So the worst part about it is getting a needle in your penis. You know, to be perfectly honest, uh, I've done that to myself two or three yeah. times. It's really not that bad. Uh, I've stuck needles in thousands and thousands of guys' penises. I have a, a technique with a 30-gauge needle um, to do it in a way that is really not – it's surprisingly not uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean for the for the benefits, it's certainly worth it, even if it is uncomfortable. But like, they're... Most guys say that the blood draw was worse than the penile injection. Oh, really? Honestly. Fair, yeah. fair enough. Because the blood draw, we use an 18-gauge needle, oh. which is a bigger needle. And with the penile injection, we use a 30-gauge needle, which is a really, really yeah. tiny. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You have, you have um, you know, I like this because there is a, there is a sex expert on in like a month from now. And I really enjoy your medical side to the sexual component. Whereas the sex expert's going to talk about more of the esoteric touchy feely stuff you're giving actual science-based evidential based or evidence-based answers and i and I, I think that's i think it's all very important so this has been great man like i really really appreciate you having me on again awesome
Yeah, well, thanks for thanks for inviting cool. me. It's always a uh, it's always nice to be appreciated. Yeah, I I really love the last conversation we had, and and I said like I really want to get you back on so we can talk about sex and and you know I, I really just like I know you're a busy guy, so thanks for carving out another hour. And um, yeah, well, you know, come up and visit me um, and, and bring a camera because the the stuff that I have in my office will absolutely blow you I'll away. I'll have my phone. It's. Um, you know, uh, we can do a pee shot. I can show you exactly how we do it. Okay. Um, you know, and you don't have to watch on. We, you know, we can show you on ultrasound how we do yeah. it. Um, we use uh, we have M Sculpt. We have uh, M Cella, which is yes. uh, uh, the, my orgasm machine. Uh, so we got all sorts of kind kind of cool fun stuff. Uh, the M Cella, yeah. uh, which is uses high intensity focused electromagnetic waves to boost the strength of the ischiocavernosus and bulbocavernosus muscles. So the, basically the muscles that you use to ejaculate. Oh, interesting. Okay, that makes sense. It's like M-Sculpt. Yeah, it's basically M-Sculpt for the pelvic floor. Yeah. And, you know, I have guys who are diabetics or guys that are, you know, are, are getting up there in age that haven't ejaculated in five or six years. And they come in, seriously, they come in with tears in their eyes and they hug me yeah. and they and they tell me, you know, like, you know, you changed my life because yeah. I, it's been five or six years since I've uh, been able to ejaculate. So let me ask you a quick question as far as that, and then I'm going to let you go. Do you, is there a, <laughs> I listened to the Howard Stern show and there's a clip of the guy who invented this woman, this, the Sibian machine, the, the women's ejaculation, masturbation, whatever machine. And he said, he has this line that says, get the poison out. And there was a debate for like an hour after that about cleaning pipes. Does that have any validity? Do you have to, do you have to use the muscles for them to be okay? Or does the pelvic floor, like the taint perineum muscle, does that, does that work anyway, even if you're not ejaculating? And do you need to clear out the prostate or the testes or like, is that a real thing? Yeah. So there, there are a couple of different questions you kind of asked. Yeah. Um, you asked one question, but they're they're kind of multiple. So, the the perineum or the pelvic floor is a muscle that hangs off the inside of the pelvic brim, right. and if you don't exercise that muscle, then it gets weak, uh, and so that's why when guys ejaculate when they're older, it kind of dribbles out. But the other thing is, after you guys finish urinating and they're older, it continues to dribble. So if you ever see a 80 or 70 year old guy and they have a big stain on their pants, it's probably because their pelvic floor got really weak. Yeah. Um, and then the other question you asked is about frequent ejaculation. And the purpose of the prostate is to produce semen. That's the only job that the prostate does is to make semen. And semen is basically just like sugar water or molasses that accompanies the sperm on its on its journey and so if you don't ejaculate frequently that semen kind of sits around in the prostate and can become calcified so when we're doing an operation called a terp a transurethral resection of the prostate where we go up through the urethra and scrape out all that extra prostate tissue that's growing sometimes we'll open it up and it's almost like we hit gold yeah all these like little gold nuggets start coming out and that's just a calcified prostatic secretions. And so it can block prostatic ducts, affect the ejaculation, cause prostate enlargement. I don't think there's good evidence that, that 
that not ejaculating enough causes prostate cancer, but you know, do you really want to take that chance? So what you're saying is, (laughs) you know, so basically if your wife doesn't want to have sex with you, just tell her, listen, it'll save my life. My life. This is my, this is for my life. It's last ditch effort, man. It's a last ditch effort. (laughs) (laughs) Please. You gotta save my life. I'm dying. <laughs> you know what would happen if, like, if any of us said to our wives, like, listen, uh, no, I heard this guy on his podcast. You can look him up. He's got this book called 21st Century Man. He says, I'm going to die unless you close it out. <laughs> it's like that Seinfeld where they're like, you have to have sex to save the friendship. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. Brandeis. It's been a pleasure again, man. Really appreciate it. All right. You got it, my man. I'm going to come up and see you. I, how can people get a hold of you? Where can they find the book? Yeah. So go to the 21stcenturyman.com. All written out in one uh, in letters. No numbers. And don't go to Amazon because Jeff Bezos has way too much money. There. But come to our website because we have bios for all the authors. We have resources. Um, it's not just uh, just buying the book. Um, and we have a, a, a ebook. We have the hardcover book, which is amazing. And uh, we're very soon we're going to have the audio book out. That's a long. Because a lot of my patients said, "Well, I do a lot." You know, a lot of people in the Bay Area have long yeah. commutes, and they want to listen to it. And, uh, and then, if you are interested in our supplements, it's Affirm Science A F F I R M Science dot com. And then, if you are interested in my medical practice. Um, coming out for the P-Long study, but you better hurry up because we're only recruiting patients uh, for another month. And after that, the price goes up threefold or fourfold um, because it's a, you know, it's a low cost medical research study. Um, Go to BrandeisMD, B-R-A-N-D-E-I-S-M-D.com. And then also you can check me out on, uh, I got a really robust YouTube with all sorts of really cool um, sexual medicine videos. And uh, we're working on our Instagram and our Facebook and all that other stuff. What's the YouTube channel? Is it just Dr. Brandeis? It's just, I think, Brandeis MD. Okay. I haven't quite, I haven't figured out how to use it yet, but I give my people posts yeah, yeah. and I put it up. I'm too much of a boomer to know how to do <laughs> that kind of stuff. Cool. All right, audience. Take action. Let's get on something here. Dr. Brandeis gave a ton of information. Take something and then let us know how it went. And then we'll we'll book another one of these in a couple months and we'll just have an update. So, Dr. Brandeis, thank you for your time. Awesome. I got 900 more pages of material. That's right. That's right. Um, Maybe what we'll do is that for the next like five years, every other month you'll come on. (laughs) And you'll do one (laughs) one of the chapters. Um, you, know, you know what I'd love to do is I'd love to get some of the other people that like the people that wrote for you. I'd love to get them on here to specialize in these different. Things. You know, uh, when you go through the yep. book, um, let me okay. know. These guys are all superstars. They, they're really all yeah. all superstars. Love it. All right, audience. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.